the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of October 17th. 2022 alongside Hunter Pulaski and Petoskey. I'm Peter Garber, still in Chicago, trying to take care of my newborn child and somehow find a way to sleep and do a podcast at the same time. In this week's, well, we are brought to you by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture needs, it's Reed. Indeed, in this week's episode, high school and college results from across the state, including uh, Hunter will have the results from the MHSAA Girls State Finals over the weekend. Local guys in action at second stage of Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school, including Alex Scott from Traverse City. We'll get you some results and li- I look at the live leaderboards from some of those second stage events still in action, uh, particularly the one in Florida. Uh, We'll look at the elevated events, news out of the PGA Tour, four more events reaching elevated status. We'll take you through those and what it means uh, for the PGA Tour in the 2023 season. Preview of the CJ Cup at South Carolina. Uh, We're at Congaree, which will provide an interesting test this week. Uh, But first, Keegan Bradley is a PGA Tour winner again. All is right with the world. Our guy Keegan Bradley gets it done, unfortunately, over Ricky Fowler. Ricky with a a second-place finish there along with Andrew Putnam. I know what happened in the middle of the night, Hunter. I know it's Keegan Bradley. Your takeaways from the Zozo Championship in Japan. Um... I'm happy for Keegan. You gotta think about it after all this time. I'm happy for Keegan Bradley. I'm just trying to think of of what really to. I watched. I watched Saturday night. So I watched. I watched from holes eight to holes fourteen, probably hole fourteen. I couldn't make it until three a.m. I was not capable of that. No, it's late. I was. I was. I was thinking though, as the as the because you do have a newborn, and if you had TV. Like these kids are getting up all the time. Like these every every couple hours. Like you could have easily have at least like maybe planned it out to watch the end of it if you had television. To be clear, I have television sets and I have uh, network television. I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have Disney Plus. I have Amazon Prime. I have HBO Max. It Probably make, leaving it out a couple. It, you are you are more well suited to do a Disney Plus podcast than you are a golf podcast. No, because my Disney Plus experience is simply I can only do a toy. I could do, I could do a Toy Story podcast because I just watch every Toy Story over and over in in a rotation. And then now we've gotten into the Toy Story shorts. Have you ever experienced any of those? No, we actually. I was about to say I never. Uh, Mac was has never been a Toy Story guy, ever. Never like we've ever watched it, which is now well, like, now that we're saying I'm saying it out loud, it's kind of weird. But he was a Cars guy. He was car. Like, your rotation for Toy Story was our rotation for the three Cars movies. Yeah. Well, Birdie's about the, to get into this. Yeah. The third one. She's been bringing up cars because I think there's like a preview and then toy one of the Toy Stories or something. So she's like, "Why don't want a new one?" <laughs> um. Anyway, but I I just don't have golf channel. Let me ask you this slight brief aside 
because the field is so good at the CJ Cup at Congaree, is that going to be on network TV or is that only Golf Channel? Do you know that? Am I putting you on the spot asking you a question you don't know the answer to? Uh, if of so, I will. You are, but I can, I can that's, figure that's it out. That's my specialty. I can figure we it out. figure things out on the fly here on the yeah. Great Lakes Golf Podcast, folks. We do. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it, but I was following along. My takeaways from the weekend is poor Keegan. He finally wins one and it's at 3 a.m. in Japan. It's like the most Keegan Bradley thing ever. It's like in a few months, everyone will have forgotten that this has happened. He'll probably have a Saturday night overnight lead in a bigger event and he'll blow it on Sunday. And then that will be his reputation all over again. Now, he only beat Andrew Putnam and Ricky Fowler. But they'd kind of space themselves out a little bit from the rest of the field. Ricky played well. Yeah. And then my second takeaway was I was so. I was holding a Ricky Fowler ticket at 90 to 1 that I had picked up on Wednesday. I never really fully believed it was going to cash. Yeah. It's hard to with Ricky. Yeah. You know, like that is not money you spend until it's in your account for sure. (laughs) But it looked like a reasonable possibility late into the evening, even on Sunday, made an early bogey, then kind of bounced back. I could, I wasn't watching, so I don't know the nature of, but he just basically parred every hole. Yeah, which was enough exactly. to keep him in it, uh, just not quite get him over the hump. But I don't know if he's close or if that was just like I got lucky on something that was a perfect setup. But, you know, thinking a limited field, a no-cut event at a course where guys with similar profiles have played well, it just felt like a Ricky moment. I mean, it was, it's like a Keegan moment, you know, like there's just something about these, I don't know, these, these events that these limited field, you know, sort of like less attention kind of events where other, you know, you might see somebody with their profiles play better than they do in a bigger event stateside. So that definitely came true in both their cases. I just wish Fowler had been a shot or two better because that would have been such a great way to kick off my holiday season. A 90-1 to cash on Ricky Fowler at the Zozo. How random is that? Yeah, that would have been been pretty special. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's got to be something said about this. I don't know who this new Ricky Romano, his new caddy. He's a a veteran looper. Do you know? Does that name ring a bell? No. So he's only been on his bag since Napa and Ricky T sixth at Napa and then struggled a little bit at Las Vegas, but then obviously played well here at the Zozo. And I swear he just changed. I swear he just changed back to Butch Harmon for a swing coach. Exactly. Yeah, he may, he may have, I don't know. Did you notice in watching on Saturday that his swing looked any different or better? Did anything look different about his game? Uh, Do you think it's going to translate? Now you got another limited field. Congaree, you can kind of pick apart with your ball strike, and there's huge greens too, so it can play into a good putt, the hands of a good, a better putter. If you can make longer putts, I mean, Chesson Hadley was ahead by like four shots at one point here last year. 
And that was the Palmetto Championship, granted, not the CJ Cup. But what did you see from anything you noticed from Ricky's game? Uh, no, I think he just, I think that was a, with all due respect to Ricky, you mentioned it. He was he was being chased down by Keegan Bradley and Andrew Putman. Uh, I think. Well, you're CJ... great at dis- you're great at discounting <laughs> basically every achievement that you, on the PGA Tour that you personally don't want to recognize, a la <laughs> Jordan Spieth and. Find me, find me another, find me another example at. besides Jordan Spieth. One more. That's all I was. One more example. You, got you just gave the you just gave the next example. Uh, well, I I do think I mean I think this was a a a case of he's playing. These are they're fall series events. I'm so I'm sorry, Peter. If that if that offends if that offends you, but so they don't count. No, they count. But I think do you, are you so you're saying what you're saying is that you're you're saying that the field for the CJ Cup is not stronger than the Zozo. Because he should be able to go no. do he should go be able to go to the CJ Cup, apparently. No, I'm nope. asking you. I'm not suggesting anything. I was just asking you if you saw anything that you thought would translate. I thought that I think that the course can make like you can there's an argument to be made for Ricky Fowler on this golf course for sure. This golf course has very, very wide fair unusually wide fairways and larger than average greens that are very fast. So it kind of has a distinct profile. This meeting the CJ Cup, mm-hmm. or is the Zozo is just like vanilla? Yes, it is. Uh, so, no, that's I mean, a, I that's just, all, I'm mining for something. I think he's just. I mean, obviously, he's just playing. He's played more consistent than he's but than he's been playing. But I don't think. I don't expect this to like this to turn into like a breakout year for Ricky. I could see it's him. It's not the year of Fowler. I could see him. <laughs> I could see him winning an event. I don't think that like, he's Ooh. not, he's not going to be on the Ryder cup next year. Is what I guess is he's not going to no. be a top. Yeah. Top 12. And it would be so good for the tour. If he won an event, it'd be great. It'd be, I mean, well, well for a perfect example, I just downloaded that, that PGA tour 2k 23 game that came out last Friday. And he's still, he's still in there. <laughs> like, like he's still there. Like he never left. Like they, they still see a lot of value in Ricky Fowler, even with his his lack of wins over. I mean, the kids years. still want to be Ricky Fowler when they play that game. I think. I think so. Which I guess I was. I don't want to say I was. I was like shocked about, but we're getting close. <laughs> he's he's fallen off enough now where if you aren't like a kid that's like well in tune with golf, you might not know who Ricky Fowler is. Yeah. Yeah. Like over these last two years. Yeah. True. Still the vast majority though. Yes. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And all it, all it'll take, if it's one, maybe not this one. I mean, I obviously just I can't say that this would have made a huge difference for the tour as I, as I sort of made fun of the fact that Keegan won it. This wasn't the right one for him to win. If you're you're the, the tour's, cheering for him naturally to win that event but they're also thinking just just play you know like win the waste management you know like then you know that would be the greatest thing that would be like enormous for the tour because yeah. zozo would have been good but there's other events i'm sure they prefer he win but it's nice to see him just in contention regardless of how you feel about him because golf is so hard and to have his game fall off as significantly as it did and then work his way back to even a second place finish is is admirable and 
and noteworthy. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the Zozo before we move on? I know you have a lot to get to for, on the local side. Uh, no, not really. It's just tough to. I like primetime golf. That's a little bit. I can do like uh, like a ten a or ten p.m. to one a.m. sort of thing. I can I can get my body to do that, but getting stayed up that late. Or at least, and if it, I guess if it was a, it needs to be a better feel if it, if they're gonna try to get me up at that early, or keep me up. And would you have even though? Uh, I got a CJ Cup field. Are you up till three a.m.? This is the CJ Cup field's amazing. I'm almost one of those people that would go to bed early and wake up at like two. Oh my god, I got a weird, I got a weird sleep schedule. You want to come take care of my baby? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that's what he wants to do too. Yeah. Well, good for him. I mean, he's early, early to bed, early to rise. No. 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 That's not what you oh, want. Well, that's as a actually parent. a little, a little, a little hypothetical for you. Would you rather have your kid go to sleep at seven and wake up at six, or go to bed at eight and wake up at seven? Well, that's pretty much what my kid does do. Wait, eight well, to seven. Eight to seven. Which is which is fine. That's a really that's really nice. Yeah, I would take that. Her bedtime's seven thirty, but you know how that goes. Oh yeah. All right. Uh is that all we have? We're moving on. Yeah, take us through the local look because I want to know what happened at the I haven't looked at what happened at the I've been totally out of touch. So everything you tell me pretty much is gonna be a surprise. And I'm interested to know what happened at the girls golf state finals. Yes. Okay. So we're gonna go a little bit of rapid fire. We have all four divisions, uh some pretty good stories out of all, all out of all four divisions, along with some local teams that we we mentioned last week. So starting with uh division one, they were at Bedford Valley which I've said several times, I've never played this golf course. I couldn't tell you where. It's, I see it's in Battle Creek. Have you ever played here? I have. I played a tournament there way back in the day. Any good? It's kind of like a Parkland. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. not bad. I feel like it, it's, it's, you it's, see a, it's, it's a name decent a lot of stuff for like this kind of thing. It's a decent test. Yeah, they seem to get a lot of events. Yeah. Little, little hilly, some trees, good mix of holes. Yeah, I don't remember it like in that great of detail, but um yeah not a bad golf course at all nice so we're going to start off with uh we'll do some we'll do top three for team results and then top three for individual uh so for the team uh rochester adams won with a score of 629 really actually really good score they smoked the field by holy moly my math is going to struggle 47 shots they beat they beat brighton by 47 shots they shot 676 for second rochester finished in third at 681 Rochester Adams, uh, just because of how dominant they were, I'm going to read off these scores. Uh, Grace Wang finished third. She shot 72-77. Uh, Lauren Liu finished sixth, 78-74. Katie Fodell finished fifth, shot 74-77. Uh, Olivia Dance shot, uh, finished 39th, 88-90. And Alexa uh, Camargo finished 53rd, 98-89. So, uh very dominant from Rochester Adams, as far as pretty indi- impressive scores there. Uh, yeah, as far as individual I don't think goes, I, I definitely did not shoot that when I played in my tournament. There. Nope, nope, nor uh, <laughs> nor did I. Uh, and then as far as local teams go, uh, Traverse City Central finished eleventh place. 
uh, with a score of 750, and West finished in 13th place with a score of 783. Uh, individuals, Kate Brody uh, from Grand Blank wins her second uh, state championship. She was a senior. She is off to play golf at Wisconsin. Uh, so congratulations to Katie, or to Kate rather. She won as a sophomore, and then... Uh, she, she finished third as a freshman, one as a sophomore, finished fourth as a junior, and one as a senior. So pretty uh, pretty solid showing there for Kate uh, as she heads to Wisconsin, like I said, to play to play college golf. Uh, and second place was Elise uh, Fennell from East Kentwood with a score of 76-70. And then Grace Wang, who I mentioned uh, from Rochester Adams, shot 72-77. On to Division Two. Uh, this was at Forest Acres West, which I think is is might be like seven shots harder than the East Course. Whenever really, I'd love to see the ratings of it, but it's got to just be astronomically different. You would think. Well, and the courses are totally different too. Yeah. Uh, so as far as team results go, uh, Farmington once again a little bit of a blowout in the. In Division Two, Farmington Hills Mercy shot 684, 343, 341 uh, to top South Lion, who finished at 711. And Grand Rapids Forest Hills Northern finished at 723 to round out the uh, the top three. Uh, as far as we did have a local team, Petoskey played in this. Um, I believe, yeah, Petoskey played in this uh, at this site. They finished in 13th place. Aubrey Williams finished 26th place, 94-89. Marley Spence finished 59th, 103-100. Cassidy uh, Whitener finished 49th, 103-96. Sarah Haas finished 91st, 111-112. And Riley Barr finished 89th, 113-109. As far as uh, individuals go, Macy Elzinga from Byron Center uh Finished 72 76, 148 to take home the uh, medalist. Gabriella Tapp from South Lyon finished second, 73 80. And Sydney Dossman from Hazlitt finished third, 76 81. On to Division Three, which was at the easier course, like I said, Forest Acres East. As far as the team side of things go, one of our closer, uh, well, I think it is our closest. Uh, team total uh, Macomb Lutheran North finished at 668 uh, Bloomfield Hills Cranbrook Kingswood finished in second at 674 and Grozeal finished in third at 677 uh, as far as individuals go uh, Lord Lauren Timp from Macomb Lutheran, Lutheran North uh, took home the medalist 7072 uh, Lily Bergerman from Grozeal finished second, 75-74. And Hannah Robinson finished third, 75-77. She was from Charlotte. I don't believe we had any local teams. Charlotte, Michigan, huh? Charlotte, Michigan. Where's that? Um, I believe it is in the thumb, but I could be totally wrong. If it's in the thumb, I probably am not aware of it. So that that adds up. A thumb is just a forgotten finger. 
which, <clears throat> which is crazy because you, know, you like have family from Saginaw. When I think of Saginaw, I think that's pretty close to the thumb. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Saginaw is the extent of it, though. Saginaw, Lansing, and then I'm out. All right, on to uh, under Division Four, which was at uh, the Meadows, uh, Grand Valley State Golf Course, one of the hardest golf. Have courses. you played there? Yes, I have. We we played there for states my freshman year. I've heard it's incredibly I, brutal. I got destroyed. Just it was bad. Really, really. <laughs> my tail. My tail was between my legs. A little bit of an eye opener that week. After, after that, oh, I, I knew I was bad at golf at that point. I'm still not very good, but I, like, I knew in my heart of hearts that was not very good. And uh, just, yeah, that's a tough, yeah. I'm still a denier of that. <laughs> of what? I, for some parts of me, still thinks that, that I'm actually good at golf. Oh, yeah. They're all, that's, I mean, I'm a not denier now. I've read too many, I've read too many like mental, mental golf books where it's like an angel on one shoulder and devil on the other shoulder. What's your favorite golf book? Uh, so we actually were just talking about this. I the one I've probably read the most is uh, the Harvey Penick book, the Little Red Book. But we're great. currently we're reading the the Ben Hogan Five Lessons of Golf book, and I've read a couple of Barbara Botello's book, which he has the like the what's it called? Like the Fifteenth Club is one of them. Something about putting. And then one about like the perfect game or something like that. Um, what about you? No. Yeah, probably the Panic one. I haven't read a ton of them. The Tiger one that came out like probably in the nineties, like how I play golf or something like that. <laughs> Hilarious title. If that's actually it, it's something like that though. That's like super basic and obvious. It's like a name that I would come up with. It's like the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Um. Okay. Whoa. But that one, <laughs> Ricochet shot. I think I. What do you mean? That. Did are you come up with that name or did I? Oh, sorry. I felt sorry. like that was a I shot. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean anything. You're you're incredible. You know that I, you yeah, really yeah. are. I accidentally so, took credit for an idea that wasn't. No, I wasn't. Wor- I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> it was more so that the idea you were talking about, you said was was I I in. Lesser terms, I think you were calling it simple, like a really simple, boring idea. Is that what you were saying? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something my feeble brain could handle. All right. Well, I lost where we even were. Oh, no, we're, on, we're on yeah. Division Four. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, yeah, and then Division Four, and then uh, yeah, and we'll get to the Q School stuff too. Yeah. All right. So uh, the the final the final site uh, Division Four at the Meadows. Uh, as far as the teams go, uh, Jackson, Lumen, Christie finished in first place, 688. Adrian, <laughs> Lenawi, Christian finished in second, 711. And Lansing Catholic finished third at 715. Uh, as far as individuals go, uh, Mia Melendez, uh, who I believe is only a sophomore from Ann Arbor Green Hills, finished in first, 7277. Uh, Logan Bentley from Brooklyn, Columbia Central finished in second. Did I tell? Did I say Mia finished second? Mia finished first. Logan finished second. Grace Slocum from Traverse City St. Francis uh, finished nice. third. Uh, she's also Way a sophomore, seventy-two, seventy-nine. 
Uh, nice. So congratulations to Grace. As far as other scores, uh, local scores, finishing out the Traverse City St. Francis scores, uh, Emily Jazowick finished 40, 48th, 103.97. Mary Kate Carroll finished in 45th, 199. Avery Frederick finished in 95th, 122.118. And Laurel Walter finished in 96, 121-125. Uh, Harbor Springs had a top 10 finisher in Taylor Wilson. Uh, she finished nice. ninth, 82-85. Natalie Mills finished 63rd, 107-107. Lily Miller finished 53rd, 103-99. Savannah uh, Maki finished 45th, 104-95. And Onika Ola... Alonzi finished 67th, 108-108. So uh, really strong showing from Harbor Springs as far as from their their lower um, lower players to, to finish in the 50s. 48-50s really helps the, helps the team score. And I Har- think it's awesome that Harbor and Petoskey both made the finals on the girls' side and that, you know, they came in with some res- respectable finishes. I know you said Petoskey was 13th. What was Harbor Springs as a team? Uh, ninth. Or rather, That's eighth, good. eighth for Harbor Springs, uh, 10th and for congr- St. Francis. And Harbor congrats Springs. to Taylor Wilson and Grace Slocum, you said? Yes. And then top, uh, ten, top 10 finishes. Yes. And then quickly, in case we have any East Jordan listeners, I don't want to leave them out. Uh, East Jordan oh, also, nice. also played. They finished 12th. Uh, Sammy Burks shot 94-99, finished 34th. Lily Kelly uh, finished 79th, 117-107. Maley Hamilton finished 43rd, 105-93. Uh, Olivia Maher finished 83rd. 113, 113. Hannah Fortune finished 62nd, 112, 101. So, congratulations to all the girls uh, who participated. I don't know. I'm a, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Peter, the weather uh, this past weekend up here was was not good. So, I, I, can't, I can't imagine it was good down there. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I mean, it was like 50s and 60s, but I saw some reports. Um, some stories I read about the events, there was a little bit of, it was pretty windy on Saturday. So congratulations to all the girls. Uh, That's the difficulty of playing your state final in the fall. I know we talked about that last week when we played in hail. It's like 38 in hailing, which is basically like the weather this morning up there. Um, yeah, no, I saw white stuff. I did. It wasn't sticking, but I, it was it was so cold that. In Gaylord's been getting snow. Yesterday it snowed quite a bit in Gaylord. Ridiculous. And uh, it's going to be eighty. It might touch eighty in parts of Chicago this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. It's supposed to be pretty pretty. You're going to get the burst of warmth up there too. We are. Yeah. Are you going to try to play golf this weekend? I am. I nice. I guess I shouldn't say that like so convincingly. Alex has been in Hawaii since she'll be in Hawaii for like eight or nine days, but she's back Friday, so I'm, I'm assuming I'll be able to play golf. But it's supposed to be nice in those greens. Talk about like perfect. So we aerated on that Monday, Monday and Tuesday of last week, two weeks ago, 
and it was dry, really nice and dry. And then ever since then, it's been pretty rainy. So that sand and that grass should be growing in very nicely. Yeah. So you think that's perfect timing for the aeration? You mean? Yeah. Very. Yeah. If it's dry when it's dry when it's put in, and then wet after it's put in, that's ideal. Working with gas. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's get to get to the uh, second stage of qualifying school because we got a lot of names, including a. You, you, know. just, you want to skip college? Oh, college. Jeez, Louise. Holy shnikes. Moving right along college. Should I just, should I just be, I can just be quiet. Should I do that? (laughs) Let's try that. I'll be quiet again. Okay. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, So starting with uh, the, so actually it works out well where the, the Michigan girls and the Michigan state girls have, are playing in uh, a tournament the last two days, Monday and Tuesday of this, of this week. And then they're also playing together again, uh, towards the end of the month in the same tournament. This is the Roos Chris Tar Heel invite, uh, September or rather October 17th to the 18th down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, Michigan finished T fifth at plus 19 Michigan state finished in 10th at plus 30. Uh, Kentucky wins the event at a score of minus four, eight sixty. As far as scores go for, uh, Michigan, uh, Annika Dye played great. Uh, Travis City native. She finished in uh, T8th, 74, 70, 72. Ashley Lau finished T16, 73, 71, 76. Haley Borgia finished 26th, 74, 73, 76. Laura Sung finished T30th, 74, 73, 77. And Monet Chun finished seven, eh, T54, 74, 73, 82. As far as Michigan State scores go, Valerie Plata led the, led the way for the Spartans T16th, 67, 75, 78. Brooke Bierman finished in T33, 75, 76, 74. 74. Uh, Valentina Rossi also finished 33rd, 72, 71, 82. Shannon Kennedy finished 48th, 76, 74, 78. And Paula, it's always the last one, Paula uh, Balzut. You tried. That was actually, I mean, that was, that wasn't great. I, I've been on a roll. I was on a roll all day today. I haven't really had I know hard, you've done well. You've done well so really far. Hard, I mean, hard, hard names. Round of applause. But, but Round that of one, that one was, was going to trip me even on my best day. Uh, T60th, 75, 77, 79. And then uh, the, the girls. Did you say Valentina shot a 67 in the first round? She did. Yes. Whew. Yes. Dang. Very, very or uh Dang. No, no, and Val- the Wolverines no, played did. good. I Valerie did. Oh Valerie, sorry. Valerie Plata. Um and the Wolverines played good. M- Monet struggled in that final round, which I'm sure affected their mm-hmm. team total in the end, but that's this is another solid performance to have four in the top thirty, I think he said, or thereabouts. So he yes. Yep. They need one person to pop a little bit higher on the board and then the team total will be yeah i mean that's an awesome score i I haven't seen annika that low um definitely i don't think all spring i want to say she said one other high finish but nothing that's a uh really good showing from her um and then they both of these teams have one more tournament left this fall the landfall 
what's it called? The Landfall Invite, which is in Wilmington, North Carolina. And they're both playing in it? Yes, they are both playing in it. Uh, as far as, so we have Michigan boys, Michigan State boys. Uh, starting with the Michigan boys, they played in the Little Rock Invite. They finished in eighth place uh, with a score of plus 20. Southern Mississippi led the way at plus one. Uh, as far as scores go for Michigan, Hunter Thomas finished T6, 72, 70, 73, continues to play well. Uh, Will Tom or Will Anderson rather finished T14, 70, 73, 74. Ben Hoagland finished T41, 74, 71, 81. Uh, Yugi Liu finished T49, 75, 76, 77. And uh, Pierre Francesco de Call finished T69, so he struggled a little bit, especially on the third day, 73, 77, 83. Uh, so a tough showing there, but still uh, middle of the pack finish for Michigan. And then Michigan State uh, had a uh, record-setting uh, tournament at Quail Valley Collegiate, which is in Vero Beach, Florida. Have you ever played this course, Quail, Quail Valley Golf Club, Peter? Just Quail Valley is so nice. Is it? It's so nice, and it's a great golf course. Is it public? Great golf course. Is it public? Or is it public or private? It's private. That's right. So that that is where they were. I'm just. I'm. Give me a sec. I'm. I'm pulling up. Yeah, you have me. It's, you're leaving me in a lot of suspense because you just said record-setting performance. Record We've been waiting for this team to kind of pop and play to its full potential. I take it that happened. Uh it did. And it did in a way. It actually they they left um I'm sure Troy Taylor might be kicking himself a little bit. He played well on the third day. They finished T second. Uh they finished nice. so 277, 286 and then the third day they shot 265, which is a uh a low for Michigan State as a team as far as a I'll just make sure I'm getting this correct. A low one-day team total? Correct. Rather. Okay. Okay, judges. Judges. Yes, okay. Can we have a ruling? <laughs> you can have a ruling. Uh, they the, So the Spartans entered the final day uh, in ninth place overall, but fired a tournament best 23 under par, the best 18 hole score by a team by the team in program history. There you go. And it, it was so MSU's right. MSU score of 828 was tied for the second lowest 54 hole program score in program history. As far as individuals go, uh Drew Hackett, who's a who's a transfer from UNC Wilmington. He finished in T-second. He shot 67, 69, 64. 60, 64 is a, has only Another been shot record. by two other guys. Can you name? In Michigan State history? Can you name one of them? Because I don't Rad, think. Rad. Yes. Do you know, you might know the other one possibly. I doubt it though. Recent. Not like super, like we had not been doing the podcast yet, I don't think. We hadn't been. Not Pia. No, uh, Donnie Trosper, who we will actually Donnie talk, Trosper. who I actually believe we will talk about in the Q school here thing coming up very soon. 
So yes. Yeah, so oh, that's awesome. Way to go. Yeah. So as far as the other scores go, uh, like I said, Drew Hackett shot 200, uh, which is also a record, I believe. Yes. 200 is the best score, the best 54 hole score in MSU history. Uh, besides Drew, Bradley Smithson finished T 29th. He shot 72, 72, 66. August Mikoff, uh, finished T 43rd. He shot 68, 74, 70. Ashton McCullough finished T 43, 70, 73, 69. And then Troy Taylor, who has kind of been, been one of the workhorses for, uh, Michigan state this, this fall finished T 47th, 75, 72, but then he finished it up with a 66 in the final round. Uh, so Michigan State still actually still has two more events left uh, this fall, and Michigan is done until the Michigan boys rather are done until the springtime. Minus twenty three at Quail Valley in one day is some incredible golf. That is really pretty remarkable and not surprising that those are records and what a tournament by drew hackett so can you, can you tell us one more piece of information while we're on the subject who who what individual and what team won this event because it seems like michigan state played awesome who beat them they oh boy here we go give me one see i'm a professional and in every other every that? other one i had antagonist the, i had the winner um you've been supplying such great information hunter i just you, you you cast a spell upon me to which to where i believe that you would have every piece of information known to man at your disposal or just in your brain already yeah well i, I can assure you without a cloud of doubt in my mind that that's just not the case um <laughs> let me see here Moving right along here. Yeah, where I mean, you you put me on. You do this. You know me. what? While he's doing that, I really I've been so anxious as you could tell to talk about second stage of Q school. So I'm going to go ahead before Hunter celebrates Alex Scott, which I know he wants to do. I'm going to give you a live look at the leaderboard at in Plantation, Florida, at Plantation Preserve where we are playing second stage of Q school and we have well you can some stop, you can players stop right of because Drew Saylor interest Drew Saylor is one from Indiana in with a score of uh, 1700 the field Indiana go ahead back to you Hunter <laughs> Drew Drew Sailors <laughs> Sollers from Indiana won the score of 1700 par 65 1700 265 and a 69 to round out Come on. Okay, who won the team competition? Uh, the team competition was won by North Florida, who I believe went wire to wire. North Florida? Really? Yeah, they had, they had three guys in the top ten. They had a second place, a fourth place, and ninth place. Wow. Okay, back to me. Yes. Plantation, Florida, the Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school second stage. 18 in ties advanced to final stage from this site. Uh, a little a guy you may know by the name of Andres Romero out of Humble, Texas, currently in the lead at nine under par. This is as stacked 
a second stage Q school leaderboard you will ever see folks if you go to pgatq.bluegolf.com today you will see a lot of players names that you recognize um so this is going to be a real challenge for all these guys to get through again 18 and ties andres romero currently in the lead local players of interest willie mack the third from flint former michigan amateur champion is currently tied for fourth. He shot a opening 66 in round one. He's two under through the front nine today. Shot a two under 34 on his first nine. He's now seven under par and tied for fourth. Zach Robbins of Grand Rapids, Michigan, shot an opening 67, four under par. He is one under through nine holes today. Five under par total and tied for 17th just inside the cut line. This is a four-round event. So uh, we will make sure to get you the results from this second stage uh, leaderboard when play is complete. Just a couple more names of interest as well. Bryce Emery out of Aurora, Illinois, not far from where I am. Aurora Country Club I actually had a decent Corn Ferry Tour uh, finish not too long ago. He's tied for 56th. And Stephen Cuzzard, Michigan State graduate uh, from Grozeal, who's now living in Naples, Florida, is one under, also tied for 56th. He shot a two under par 69 day one, but has opened with a one over par 37 here in his second round on Wednesday. So those are the Local guys of interest trying to get through the second stage of Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school at Plantation Preserve Golf Club in Plantation, Florida. We will get you the final results from this event next week. Hunter has final results. from. Well, I should say there's one other second stage event still ongoing. That one's in California. Uh, there are no real uh, guys with Michigan ties that we noticed. Uh, so we don't need to give you the results from that one. No local interest. But I will throw it to Hunter because he does have some other guys who've been involved at some of the other second stage uh, events that he wants to share the results for. So back to you. Yeah. Can you, ima- can you imagine uh, shooting a 69 on a par 71 golf course and being, what'd you say, like 54th place? Yeah, two, uh, like this is crazy. <laughs> you got to be right now to be inside the cut. Which is a tie, you tie for seventeen, so eighteen in ties. You have to be, you have to have shot sixty six yesterday. So I imagine you're up to shoot. Here's some of the names outside four, four, the six, cut six, line: six, six, Ben Silverman, Curtis Luck, Kyle Wilshire. Uh, there's so many. Hang on, uh, Eric Compton, Stryl- Tyler Strafaci. I mentioned a bunch of these earlier to Hunter. Ryan Ruffles, Martin Contini, Mickey Demorit. Uh, a lot of really, really good players. Uh, Emery, we mentioned. Cuzzer there at in tie for 56th. Even par gets you a cool tie for 65th in this event. There are 75 guys in the field. And you know what? Right, I boys. just noticed there was a DQ of a guy named Gavin Hall who's from Delray Beach, Florida, who shot six under. 
Did you not? Uh, in round or... one and was disqualified. I pray that was not. He's. A, oh my god! That you, was not like... for signing an incorrect scorecard because that is brutal. You don't know the story. I thought you'd be like, are you trying to set me up right now? Or you oh, don't know. Please tell me the story. I told you, dude. I just had a baby. I have no idea what's going on. I'm living in the upside down world. Uh so yesterday, uh, Ryan Ryan French Fire Pit Collective uh, did a story on this yesterday. Uh, insane story. Uh, what what's Hall? Gavin? Did he cheat? Uh, I wouldn't. No, I would not consider it cheating. I don't think so. He. I don't remember what hole it was. He hit his drive into what everyone thought was the hazard. What everyone everyone knew it was a hazard, and they and he thought everyone, I guess, in the group thought the ball went in the hazard. So he reteed from the tee box, which you can't do. I mean, that's just that's a that's a rule. But nobody nobody <clears throat> apparently didn't know the rule in in the moment. They get up there. And his Why didn't he just go up and drop? Exactly. So he a hazard up, like a red stake. That is how I understood it. That is, so like a they thought they saw a splash. Jeez, they get up there up. and his first ball is still in play. He ends up playing his first ball, makes a par. Onto the next hole, ends up shooting the sixty six. I think he ended up making like five birdies in a row to finish out four birdies in a row, something like that. An hour after the round was over, one of the caddies in the group called the rules official and said that that he played a second ball off the tee and in if de facto kind of played like a played the wrong ball. Yeah, oh boy. And then he teed off in the next hole, and that's like a that's an auto DQ. So the the internet streets. Oh are are not too pleased with this caddy, to say the least. I don't know where I stand on it. I don't think. Obviously, that guy should know the rule, like, like that's th- that's something you do in like a like a, a game with your friends, or you don't want to, and you're like walking, and you don't want to walk back to the tee box. But even then, like you would just maybe I, I just don't I can't understand a situation where they wouldn't know it was a hazard. I'm assuming they did a practice round here. Whatever, whatever it may be, but if you're, there's a difference between protecting the field and just that blows my mind. And being and doing what this caddy did. If you if you're, if you're protecting the field, you say it in the moment, like you stop the guy before he even hits that yeah. second ball, and you no. go, hey, hey, whoa, 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 like you're about to get. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing this. And I don't know. That would be hard to say in the moment. Like when when he's on the tee box, but when he's starting to play his second shot or playing his original ball, that's when you have to say like, I don't know what we do, but you have to figure out something to do because you're yeah, like yo, dude, are you off. sure you're doing this right? Yeah, like that's a Gavin Hall. Um, I believe he played at Texas. Like it was a really was a All American album mention his senior year. I I don't know how you don't know this rule. And I don't think like it's, it's, there's no benefit. Like he wouldn't, he's not gaining an advantage. So I don't think he was cheating. Like, Why did he hit another ball? If he hit it into a pond, that is, that is a bizarre choice. Bizarre. So it's a, it's a par four. Correct. 
That is how I understood. Yes, if it was a par three, maybe he figures I've got a better shot here taking, you know, just reteeing than going up there and taking a drop. Because it's a weird angle or lie or something. He's trying to gain an advantage by reteeing with it. The cases in which reteeing are more beneficial than going up 300 yards and dropping are very rare. So this is it's the, just a weird. I, I can't make sense of that. I'm sure more will come out about this. He's going to get interviewed. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want this. I him, want but... this caddy to be fleeced. I want this caddy's name. I want to know who he Regardless is. Regardless of the circumstances, I my vote is total bush league by the caddy. Would you totally be, would you have been okay league. with it if he said something in the moment? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always that. Hasn't that happened to you many times? Like to me, you there are discussions around rules. Yeah, all the time. All the time. When you play golf, it's probably going to happen at some point in the course of a round. You know, like there might be some rounds here and there where nothing comes up. Otherwise, I mean, I can think of specific examples. I remember the rule of I the way I learned the rule of playing a provisional up to like you keep playing a provisional. If let's say you, you know, you bomb your first drive 300 yards into the right trees and then you top your third after you say, I'm going to hit a provisional. You don't have to go look for that ball yet. That's still a provisional. So you can continue to play that provisional until you've reached where your first one went. I learned that in a tournament because I remember saying to this dude, whoa, whoa, dude, are you going to are you sure you want to hit that? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I, I could see you might you find your first ball still and he's like no i can keep playing this it's still a provisional and i was like i've never heard of that bro <laughs> and that's how i learned you, that you lesson didn't, you didn't pull out a rule book in the moment but like so well, to think that you wouldn't be check. like if he went to re-t i would i would have already said whoa whoa are you sure you want to re-t <laughs> yes yeah 100 percent. because i have right? i have the exact According to so it's a par par four three hundred seventy five yard dog like left with water up the entire left side. Hall hit a ball up the left that all three players in the group saw splash in the water with nowhere down the fairway to drop. He then hit a second ball off the tee that oh. landed in play. According to Rule eighteen dash or eighteen dot three, when only two outcomes for a shot are for the ball for a shot are that the ball is in a penalty area or in play, a provisional is not allowed. When Hall hit his second tee shot, he was effectively declaring that first ball was in the penalty area. Therefore, he had to play a second ball. Even if he found the first one, as the group approached their tee shots, Hall caddy located the original ball on the bank of the penalty area. Hall hacked it out into the fairway, essentially playing the wrong ball. He chipped it onto the green, made the putt for par. No one in the group, according, according to and the caddies question hall playing the original ball. This is where it gets like a, a little bit weird. I'm not sure if I can find that exact quote, but according to Ryan's source, the caddy, this caddy that ended up narking on him in the end, like murmured something under his breath in like right after they finished the hole no. like on the tee box. But the, the, no. the source goes, the source is like, I don't think that it was loud enough for, for uh, Gavin, uh, Gavin to hear it. I mean, this caddy <laughs> is a grade oh A loser. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I don't. I, I hope he never gets another caddy job in his entire life. 
If you have to, you have to fire this guy instantly. You can't finish. You can't finish tournament with you. You have to go find somebody off the street. I'd rather have somebody. Well, is Corn Fairy Corn for somebody on the Corn Fairy tour should take note of this story and see if they can get Gavin a couple sponsors exemptions. I mean, six hundred through round one at second stage, All American honorable mention. It's no scrub. These are dubious circumstances at best surrounding his disqualification from second stage while he was clearly, you know, inside the cut line. I know yeah. it's one round of four, but I hope that he gets, you know, some fraction of the opportunities he would have gotten had he succeeded. Because as you're going to point out here in a minute, I think when you get through second stage, you've already achieved conditional status. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. I uh, I was going to talk about that. I just didn't uh, know how it was going to fit in, but it fit in very perfectly. All right. Um, moving on. Like Peter mentioned, we we had uh, we had three sites to finish up, but only two of them had uh, local ties. We'll start with the um, <clears throat> with the site in Georgia, which was in Valdosta, Georgia. Which I am not, uh, I'm not familiar with. But Alex Scott, Traverse City West alumni, Traverse City native, finished in 17th place, which was on the number to to get into the final stage of of Q School. Uh, he shot 69, 77, 66, 70. So he uh, he wow. shot the highest round of the day on the second round, and he shot tied for the lowest round of the day on the third round. So yeah, what a uh, great bounce back. Oh yeah. Awesome. So like, like Peter said, he does have conditional status. Obviously he is, he is hoping to go play at the landings in the beginning of November and, uh, make that status full. So obviously he's playing some, uh, really good golf right now. So let's hopefully he can keep it up on to, uh, way to go, Alex. Yeah. Congrats on the conditional status alone. If you remember, you're just joining us. We followed him all of last year when he was playing on the Latino America tour. Yeah. No. And attempted to get, get his status that way, but, uh, got the competitive experience that he needed to be able to succeed at second stage of Q school gets in on the number. Yeah. No, I'm really, really, uh, really happy for him. Uh, other guys that were played in that Georgia uh, played at that Georgia site. Uh, Otto Black from Brighton, Michigan, finished T forty first at even par. Donnie Trosper, who we mentioned during we the mentioned Michigan earlier State. in the pod, as a record record setting. Yep, he finished T forty first, also at even par. Uh, Eric Sparty alum. Yep, Eric Lillibo, who also where did he play? He played somewhere too. Eric Lillibo from Okemos finished T fifty six at plus three. And I swear I have one more name. Yep, Tyler Cop from Ann Arbor finished at plus five, T sixty second. And then we had uh, two guys that played in the Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, site. That was Sam Weatherhead, who played really well uh, in first stage from Grand Rapids. He finished in T twenty ninth at even par. And James Holly from Howell, Michigan, finished plus six, fifty first place. So once again, congratulations to Alex. Uh, hopefully, Willie can continue to play some good golf and uh, punch his ticket into the third stage as well. And that, I think, is all I have from the Q School. All right. Do you want my 
less than elaborate preview of the CJ Cup in South Carolina, or do you want to talk about the elevated events first? Uh, we can talk about the elevated events. Yeah, you tell me what they are again, because I was surprised when you read me the list. Yes. So, um, if you guys remember, um, sometime in the last couple of months, the PGA Tour uh, devised this plan to to what I would I don't know if those if they're saying it publicly, but it's um, pretty much an, an answer to what to what Liv is doing, where where there are going to be thirteen tour events that are designated as elevated meaning that the presence of the biggest stars are guaranteed to be there and the purses are going to be at least $20 million, uh, which is pretty crazy to, to really think about it. So the events that that were announced in August, the first nine elevated events were the players, the three FedEx Cup stops, the FedEx Jude State FedEx St. Jude Championship, the BMW Championship, and the Tour Championship, and th- the three Invitationals: Genesis, Arnold Palmer Memorial. The w- so kind of uh, kind of obvious. The obvious ones, yeah. WGC Dell Technologies Max Play and the Century Tournament of Champions. They have added four more as of a couple days ago, and they are the the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the RBC Heritage. Which is great. Yes. Oh, very good. I mean that place. I can't figure it's out. Great for fans. Great for the tour. Great for TV. That's just a good, really a that's a positive. That that weekend in Phoenix with the Waste Management Phoenix Open and the Super Bowl going on is going to be <laughs> chaotic. I don't I don't know how that's how do they be. keep this whole city from burning? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. No idea, but. Uh, so Phoenix, so yeah, so the Phoenix. Man, Open. what a great, what a great week to have a, a bachelor party or something. Can you imagine? That must be too much. <laughs> might be too much. The the RBC <laughs> RBC Heritage is another one. The Wells Fargo Wait. Championship and the Travelers Championship. So, um, <clears throat> as I told Peter earlier, these I can't I can't decipher if it's these four events that will rotate every year and there'll be new elevated stops, but at least these four, I'm not sure if it'll be all 13 events, but there are, there is going to be some kind of rotation. So it's not. So, um, so the John, I think at least these four is exactly the the way to put it. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know either, but the, the John Deere classic lovers could potentially. Yeah. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to turn into something I think kind of cool. Cause we'll see, the tour will be able to uh, so just, give these other events a little bit of a different, uh, you know, a boost, whether it's the community or the calendar or, you know, whatever, where the tour can kind of control where this, where they put their, where they invest their money and therefore, you know, sort of which of these events end up getting these elevated statuses. But for starters, I'm, super pumped to see the best players in the world take on Harbor town at the RBC heritage. Like that's going to be fascinating. That's the shortest, narrowest course on tour. And I think we've all kind of said for a long time, you want to have like more fun at these events, send these longer hitters to these shorter courses. And now we get 
you know, really like the utmost example of that. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. And I, that's a course that I've been able to play before and that I really enjoy. So I'm like, that alone is a huge bonus for me as a fan. Yeah. So, so as far as something to look forward to, um, by, by month of, of when these elevated events are happening and, and having all these top players together. So in January, the Century Tournament Champions, February, the Waste Management and the Genesis, March, Bay Hill Players Match Play, the WGC Dell Match Play, April, the Masters and the Heritage, May, Wells Fargo and the PGA, June, Memorial U.S. Open Travelers, July, the Open, and August, St. Jude, BMW, and Tour Championship. There's a lot to tell. That's a really, and it sounds like a fun schedule. I know Peter doesn't like these big events, and he'd rather he'd rather it be the smaller guys. But I'm happy about this. Well, I have one. Yeah, that's the, the just before we move on. That's the one thing that I would throw in here is when you step on Travelers and you step on Heritage, you take away some of these opportunities on the calendar for the younger guys to get into the top 70. Yeah. And I would have to assume that these don't have Monday qualifying. So you're going to have to really play the way that this is going to work moving forward is you need to play well out of the gates when you get status. Like you need to play well at the Fortnite. You need to play well at the Sanderson. And if you can, you need to play, you know, like get, points get into these other fields so that you have the opportunity to continue to earn points because if you miss out on all 15 of these your your chance of getting into the top 70 at the end of the year and keeping your status is going to be it's going to be really difficult because a disproportionate amount of the points are going to be handed out in these bigger events mm-hmm. so that's the one concern i have about this we'll see how that all plays out some guys are making names for themselves, are doing exactly what I just said and playing well to kick off the year. If you look at a guy like uh, Taylor Montgomery, Taylor Montgomery, you know, these guys are doing what they have to do right out of the gates to give themselves an opportunity to play in these other events. So, but that that's definitely going to become a, you know, a factor. Speaking of playing well at the beginning of the year, we were close with Ricky Fowler last week. We've got another chance to win some money this week is the CJ Cup in South Carolina at Congaree. Hunter, do you remember Congaree from the 2021 Palmetto Championship? Oh, Garrett Kegel. How could I forget? Exactly. How could I forget? I, if I remember correctly, you don't like this place. Or you do like this place. I thought you didn't like this place. Well, this, a, this is Fazio's attempt at sort of like recreating Royal Melbourne. Yes, maybe that's what it was. Very sandy, uh, sandy soil. It's interesting the way they describe it. You know, it's almost like a beach that's off the coast. So the the idea behind this golf course and the way Fazio built it is to be firm and fast. So they're excited about it being this time of year. And they're saying the golf course should play substantially different because it was soft. It had rained. Golf course is very long. It's a 70, par 71, tips out close to 7,700 yards. But it's meant to play firm and fast. And the fairways are very generous there's no rough every most everything off the fairway is like that brushed grass and mainly sand so um we can take some things from the 2021 palmetto but i think it's more about this is a very distinctive track 
So I think you can look at really, you know, this is a this is a great week for Hunter because this is a week where I think maybe like your custom model can actually pay off because you can look at par five scoring approach and bunker play. And then you can even refine that further by looking at, you know, Fazio courses and really fast greens. They want the greens running 13 feet. Wow. So very, very fast. But I don't think it's much. I don't think you can say there's a player type here. Probably, you know, you lean a little bit into the bombers. You know, there's a drivable, I think it's like 15 or 16 is dri- a drivable par four. The par fives are really gettable. Um, particularly, the I think it's, if there's one on the back nine, maybe. But there are a lot of eagles. So, you want guys who make eagles, score on par fives, get out of bunkers, and uh, make a lot of birdies. They're good on approach. They think the winning score is going to be around 10-ish under, I think. So, not no, not a, like a pushover type golf course, um, and it's a stacked field. So in that sense, there's not as much you can take from the 2021 Palmetto because not many of those guys are actually playing this week. Um, have you looked at the odds board at all, Hunter? And which do you have a strong take? Any guys that you that you like? It's it's a tough week for the finishing position bets because we're again just like the zozo we're at i think about 78 guys and no cut yeah so no like, i can't these, five these guys so with hard. plus odds for top 40 everybody else is is minus money yeah i think it's the events like this are, are i i find near impossible because outside of six or seven of these guys they're in the top 50 on the odds board they haven't played golf and since the president's cup and you just wonder, I mean, I don't, I think they're all obviously fine, but I just, you wonder a little bit about, uh, the, the old case of rest versus rust sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there are guys in the field that you can play who've been playing. Yeah, I know. And I, so I have played more recently than that. So I like Mito. Um, I, I think Mito can, can block his driver way. Right and be okay on this course and, and his approach <laughs> shots. I mean, I think he leads the tour in approach strokes gained. Let me confirm that he in fact does lead the tour in strokes approached to the green. So, uh, and he's third in this field approaching the green over the past 50 rounds, which is on fantasy natural national, which is a little bit more accurate accounting than the PJ tour, but Yes, very good on approach. Yeah, so uh, he's 55, 55 to one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet him down, right? But I could see a potential uh, finish position just because he has been playing um, some decent golf. He played uh, well at the Zozo, except for one round. I think I also kind of like Mito. I thought that he was fairly priced. I don't think. Um, I think we're getting we're getting very close to the sports books are disrespecting Max Homa. There, there is. You think so, huh? I think so. He is. I, I'm according to Fanduel right now. He is seventeenth, sixteenth uh, best odds to win this golf tournament. I don't think there's any way in in hell that is possible. 
Well, that's interesting because I that makes me want to read these numbers that I'm looking at because mine are going to be way different than yours, I think. Here's the DraftKings odds. You just know what you think stands out. Rory kicks it off at six and a half to one. Rom nine to one. Scheffler twelve. Homa sixteen. What? What? Homa sixteen to one with Justin Thomas. <laughs> what? Fourth guy on the board on DraftKings. <laughs> so you that's you DraftKings agrees with you. He's yeah. ahead of Sung JM, Mathis Patrick, who are 18, Lowry and Speeth, who are 22, Tom Kim, Burns, Morikawa, Cam Young, Victor Hovland are all 28. Nope. So not there yet. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, so I'll read you my board. So this, the first three names were the same. I think, John, you said nine to one. He's nine and a half on mine. Sky Shuffer, 12. Justin Thomas, 14 to one. Sung Jay, 22 to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 24 to 1. Victor Hovland, 24 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 25 to 1. Sam Burns, 26 to 1. Tom Kim, 26 to 1. Shane Lowry, 28. Cam Young, 29. Colin Morikawa, 29. Max Homa, 31 to 1. Yeah. Gotta put, gotta put a little respect on that guy's name. He's playing. That's, a little, that's such a widespread from one book to another. You don't often see that. I, I'm like, I've, I have been. I've been a I've I would consider myself like I like Max Homo a lot, but I try to put my bias aside when I come on this podcast. And he's just been playing phenomenal golf. I think he's he is his trajectory right now is about to skyrocket. I think he like finally we've seen those articles, he's done those interviews where he's like, I finally I finally felt like I could do it. This guy, I think he feels like he could do it right now. But well, put a- your money where your mouth is. So you're going to win a Congaree? Yeah, I think he will win He's eighth in my custom model, so. Yeah, I think he is I'm, we, I'm behind you. He is going to win this gosh darn golf tournament. All right, well, then put your, put your money down at 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Different. I didn't realize there was going to be that. When I started that whole conversation, I was, I'm glad you had stats to back it up. Well, if you were going to go place a bet there, I would tell you on home at 31, I would tell you to get that Lowry 28 number. He's my favorite this week, and he's, well, Rory's my favorite. I I think this course is great for Rory. but um, I'm not sure that there's a week that there's not a golf tournament throughout the year that if Rory is playing, he wouldn't be. He's my favorite. I know. He's very good. (laughs) He's very, very good. Um, Won his last time out. Need I remind you? So it's true. He's a good player. Um, I like Rom too. I mean, Rom just won the Spanish Open, so like it's a stacked field. But if you were looking for value plays, I do think Lowry is somewhat interesting at twenty eight. He's less interesting for me on DraftKings at twenty two. When you've got like Morikawa, Burns, Cam Young, Victor Hovland all behind him, I don't know. It's a little tougher to click there, but. He rates out number one in my mind. He's second in Eagles in the last 50 rounds in this field, second in sand safe, second par five scoring, fifth on approach. So he narrowly beats out Thomas, JT, and, and Rory, who are second and third. The other names on here are Spieth, Cam Davis. He's one of the guys that I've bet outright. Scheffler, Hoagie, who I think is interesting. I did bet him for first round leader. There's Homa at eighth. 
JT Poston, he's probably my favorite finishing position kind of in DraftKings play of the week is ninth in this model. Like I said, I think all kinds can do it here. I think you can get hot with a putter here and gain strokes that way because the greens are larger than average. So some combination of your irons and putting is going to have to be good. But, um, you know, I think the driver is because the ball is going to roll out and that 7,700 is going to play so much shorter that you can't eliminate shorter hitters here. I think they're no definitely in play. And then Sung JM rounds out the top 10 in this, in this model. But so I like JT Boston for first round leader for top 20. He's plus 200 on DraftKings, which is super soft, but I still, still took that. Um, Mention Hoagie. I like Hoagie for first round leader. He's been playing well. He just needs to get hot with the putter. He's good on Thursdays. So I like him as a first round leader bet. Cam Davis, I think, is interesting. The the fact that it's like supposed to be like Royal Melbourne, Sandy Soil. Will these Australian guys play well here? You know, I don't know. And you mentioned you can get away with the foul balls a little bit, which can be Cam Davis's downfall. But I think he's been playing really well. The long form for him is good. And uh, so this could be a nice spot for him. And he's he like 70 to one in that Mito kind of territory, which I think there's some, you know, there's sort of some interesting, interesting plays back in that, uh, in that range. And then I mentioned, I like Rory. I bet Rory to win the tournament and lead on Thursday, which I got at 28 to one. Oh, so that's pretty nice. Really anything else to bet. I like I like your Lowry pick a lot. I don't know why. Whenever I think of like bump and run shots, obviously probably probably because he's he's uh, Irish, but all I think about is Shane Lowry. Like I I cannot the second I hear like firm and fast, my brain can't not think about Shane Lowry. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got great his, his approach. His he's approach shot, incredible hands, and he's still good with this. Basically, everything irons in. And he's a pretty good driver. I mean, the guy's just kind of like, yeah, we bet him that had nauseum last year, and then he finally won when we stopped betting when he went overseas and won the so fair. BMW. But um, like his, he's been playing well for like a year now, I guess. He has been. He's a good player. He is a good player. So he's like, I'm playing him in post and in like basically every DraftKings lineup because he's $8,300 on DraftKings. Really cheap. Much, much shorter price in the outright markets than on DraftKings. So if you like Lowry a lot, go fill out a DraftKings lineup this week because he's really cheap. All right. That just about does it. Yeah. Thanks for the time, gents. Yeah. Enjoy the... Uh, did you find out if the golf is going to be on network TV? Uh, it won't be, but I could tell you what. There's an, there's a simple solution here. Uh, do you have Peacock? S- sucks. Peacock, I believe you could get a month for free unless you've already you've already ran through all of your emails to oh, do that. This is one of my many other aliases. Yeah. Uh, it's on Peacock running side-by-side side with the golf channel. Okay. But it is not on network television. Which... Oh, I for one think that that sucks. 
Yeah. Well, we could have had golf on network TV last week. They were showing some weird car racing, and this wasn't even the cool car racing where Bubba Wallace beats the crap out of people. I can understand. I guess I really I don't I don't know what happens on NBC Sunday afternoons. Is it hockey? No, because ESPN does hockey. Literally now. weird cars racing against each yeah. other, like trucks and and the cars that need to have the kites behind them slow them down. Yeah. Um, Draft stock. racing is that what that's called? Stock racing, I think. Whatever. No, I don't know. If I don't that's right. I don't think that's right. Shout out to Dalton Ward. That's one of Joey's friends. He's playing really well at second stage at uh, Plantation, Florida. Shot six under in the first round. So, well, congratulations to Dalton. That's a well, that's a really good score. That's scary that you can go shoot a sixty-six and have like not even be close to being being there yet. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, yeah, do These that guys are going to be more times. They're going to be. They're going to be more than 20 under at second stage. The winner of this is going to be more than 20 under. Yeah. And that's the second stage of qualifying school. Like the, the level of golf now is just so good, I think. I agree. All right. Enjoy that warm weather this weekend. Get out and play some golf. All right. I'll be over here trying to figure out the Peacock app. Perfect. Cleaning the spit up off myself. All right. Well, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the warm, warm weather. Let's go.